it's it's like Batman and Superman going to get ice cream. <laughs> I wonder which one is Batman and which one is I, Superman. I want to I want to be Batman. I don't want to be Superman. Well, obviously, obviously, yeah. Batman is way cooler. Welcome to Tokyo Cheapo Podcast. Think Tokyo is expensive? Well, think again. All the best tips for visiting and living in Tokyo on a pittance. Cheap sushi, cheap sausages, cheap dates, cheap dogs, cheap hotels, cheap holidays, cheap sumo, cheap salads, cheap bikes, cheap booze, cheap chicken. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, and cheapos, welcome to the Tokyo Cheapo podcast. For it is I, Chris Kirkland, the uh, notorious cheapo, and joining me today is Greg. It, Hello, it, Greg. It, is, it is I, it is me. Hello, good morning, <laughs> good afternoon. The uh, infamous cheapo, I believe. That's right. Firstly, apologize. Yes, Greg, apologies. Uh, I, I have to apologize? You're ordering me? Yes, you have to apologize for our absence from the uh, oh, yes, yes. audio waves. That's, that's all my fault, apparently. W- what did I do? We just haven't done a podcast. Yeah, no, we, ha- we haven't. We haven't. A we're million terrible. weeks. Anyway, here we are. We're back. Mm. And we will continue to uh, tickle your humor glands with our voices coming into your earbuds. And today we have some uh, tickle-free information for you. Smoke-free information, in fact. We're going to talk about smoke-free cafes in Tokyo. Are, Isn't that right, Greg? We are indeed. We're, we, we are not actually going to talk about smoke-free cafes, but we have an interview with Brad Stevenson from uh, a site called 25 Cafes, so it's coming up pretty soon. Marvellous. But before we uh, delve into 25 Cafes, let's have a look at some articles from the site first. So uh, on our bullet points down here, we've got um, number one, 10 best value craft beer bars in Tokyo. Can you tell That's us a right. bit about that, Greg? Uh, yes, I, I did a lot of research for this. So, uh, it's <laughs> how did you do the research? Well, just like basically go, going places and drinking beer. So it's actually not as easy as it sounds because I had to try and um, take notes and, and you know, take non-blurry photographs before I started. So that was about the most, that was the hardest thing about it. Well, we um, salute your uh, commitment to the cause. Yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, take a look at the list. It's um, I think it's a pretty good list. We've had some feedback. We got a very detailed comment actually from one one reader, and he mentioned stuff like uh, you know temperatures of the beer at certain places wasn't quite right, and um, you know it's really really kind of detailed. So I think we kind of tapped into a, a bit of a beer otaku uh, vein with that one. Certainly, I notice any time you post a picture of some beer or some cheap beer on the Facebook page, we get a million comments and likes and everything. Anyway, from beer to beginners, we also um, threw up our <laughs> threw up put up our <laughs> beginners guide to Tokyo, which is um, a quick overview and um, uh, you know links to further information on a lot of newbie topics. Yeah, I guess a lot of the stuff on the site we we go into a lot of depth, right? Like even the the beer stuff, it's it's um, quite detailed. So I guess it's good to have a, a kind of an overall guide, isn't it? I think so, yeah. That's one of the things. That's one of the reasons we did it. You know, we've got lots of rich information, but if you just go to the home page, um, you know, where do you start? You can start by searching, but we thought we'd save some of the beginner cheapos the trouble. So, bullet point number three, or C, as you've got in the documents. So, healthy eating in Tokyo. I wrote that one, so 
Why didn't you ask me a question about it, Greg? Um, isn't all eating in Tokyo healthy? Ah, one would have thought that's a mistake that uh, people make. But actually, um, it is pretty good overall. Um, you know, the, uh, the variety and the uh, food types, you know, I think it's fairly easy to eat healthy in Tokyo. However, um, I went quite a long way, uh, quite a lot of depth into things like shopping organic and buying, you know, certain health supplements and certain dietary requirements, um, a few little restaurant recommendations. Uh, there was a big kind of slant on cooking for yourself because uh, I think this is one of the problems with health eating in Tokyo is uh, it can often rack up a bit of a bill. So uh, one, one of the cheapos ways of dealing with that is to do a lot of cooking yourself. So there's a lot of uh, hints and tips on where to shop and uh, so on and so forth. All right, so yes, that was the healthy eating in Tokyo. And uh, what was, what's bullet point D on our list, Greg? Bullet point D, that's, that's an awesome uh, transition there. Uh, <laughs> it is where to buy a kimono without breaking the bank. So uh, do you know much about kimonos, Chris? They're stuff that Japanese people wear. And they can well, get very expensive. Yeah, I, th I think that's the key thing, isn't it? They, they can be quite expensive. So uh, this is an article by a contributor called uh, Yulia, Yulia Izushima. And uh, it's quite interesting. She goes into uh, like where to buy kimonos secondhand. Like, you know, you can get really good quality secondhand kimonos. Um, so that's kind of handy if you you know if you're visiting Tokyo and you want to get something you know nice to take home or you know a memento. I think my so, uh, girlfriend's kimono is something like two thousand US dollars or more. Right, right, or, or forty thousand yen um, secondhand. You know, it's like uh, I think you can get some quite good deals. Do you have a kimono, Greg? I don't. I have a, a what do you call it? Like a jimbe. Do you know what a jinbei is? I don't know what a jinbei is. Could you explain? It's kind of like the, um, it's a summer thing you wear. It's like, uh, got shorts and a, and a kind of a shirt thing that wraps around. Have you seen those? I've heard of a yukata. It's not a yukata, it's like a boys, boys, um, thing. Actually not boys, boys and kids wear it. And, and men. Well, I expect you to dress in it next time <laughs> I see you. I, I, I haven't worn it for years. It's kind of, um, it's, 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 yeah, it's not my thing. Marvellous. Well, I think that's a rather handy article because um, I always remember, you know, people visiting, they're always interested in picking up, oh, can I take a kimono home for my wife or my girlfriend or something? Yeah, and it's like, well, yes, but they cost, you know, $50,000. That's the thing, they go, they go straight to a, a uh, department store or something and have a look at the, the prices and it's just ridiculous. Oh, not ridiculous, I mean, it's a, it's a high quality item, right? I mean, you know. And of course... Look. The cheaper way is to get high quality at low cost, which is exactly. buying secondhand. Which is a good transition to the next post, which is about Tokyo flea markets. Absolutely. So uh, this came out uh, today as we record the podcast, and it's got a whole lot of places I've actually never heard of. So it's probably quite a handy guide if you want to dive into uh, flea markets around Tokyo. Have you been to any of these places on the list, Chris? I have indeed. Um, obviously, I've wandered through the one in Yoyogi Park, um, and um, we did the podcast from Waroichi together. 
Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever bought anything at a flea market in Japan, but that's because I just generally don't buy things from flea markets mm -hmm. anywhere. I like wandering through them and thinking, hmm, there's lots of crap that I don't need. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, like I the fact that you often, you sh usually still get somebody selling some sort of broken IT equipment. That really kind of, you know, it just warms my heart that someone's still trying to sell like an old eight-year-old hard drive or something. It's yeah. And I, I guess people must obviously buy some of this stuff for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Flea markets. Is a good I post. think I think one of the cool things is like like what we had had at the the Boruichi, where you can walk around and see these kind of really uh, unique crafts. Like you remember the, the the teapots and things. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is um, I went to one of the Motainai uh, flea markets. They had one in Shimokitazawa recently, and it was just full of handmade crafts. It wasn't really much of a flea market. It was you know really nice things that people had made themselves and were selling for you know pretty reasonable prices. Yep. Okay, so we'll move on to events. So the, we've had a huge number of events. I mean, May is a huge uh, month for events in Tokyo, but we're, we've almost finished May, so we'll talk about a few events coming up in June. So the first one is an event called the Bunkyo Ajisai Festival. So Ajisai... Uh, Sounds like a, some sort of flower or something. It is, that's correct. It's a, it's a hydrangea is the English name. So this plant is typically associated with the rainy season, which is coming up very soon. So uh, the biggest festival that's kind of its kind is in uh, Bunkyo Ward, uh, but you'll find these kind of festivals all around Tokyo. So I mean, you know, it's just an excuse for a festival, especially if, the, if it's a flower, you know. So um, that, that's starting from about uh, June 7th, which is roughly when. Uh, when the rainy season begins and a lot of these will run for a couple of weeks into uh, you know towards the end of June so uh, that's worth checking out uh, also we have coming up the Sun no Matsuri which is a uh, one of the more, more famous festivals in Tokyo so you're probably familiar with the um, uh, what's the what was the one last weekend the one in Osaka? Senja Matsuri Sanja Matsuri, that's it. That's, that's really renowned as being um, kind of rowdy and, and uh, a bit wild. Like, you know, there's lots of kind of uh, tattooed gentlemen take, take part in that one. <laughs> tattooed <What>? gentlemen. <laughs> Whereas the, uh, the Sanno Matsuri is a lot more refined. You know, it's, it's like uh, people in period dress and, you know, riding these kind of ceremonial horses and, and uh, you know, a kind of a slow ceremonial march rather than a, a rowdy kind of festival so uh, that starts in the Akasaka area so don't get that mixed up it's Akasaka not Asakusa so and that, that takes that takes place around the June around June 13th June 13th is the main procession day but there's there's I think there's uh, probably a whole lot of days running up to that where they have various things on um, especially at uh, Hia Jinja, which is the centre of the whole whole thing. So it's around June thirteenth. Marvelous. So, uh, and one thing, one more thing we should mention, which is another, uh, I guess you'd call it an ethnic festival. These kind of festivals they have at, at Yoyogi Park uh, quite regularly, and that's the One Love Jamaica Festival. So that's on the twenty first and twenty second of June. So, uh, yeah. So it's an excuse to, uh, you know, get out your... Uh, dreadlocks. Yeah, get out your dreadlocks, <laughs> you know, put on your worst Jamaican accent 
um, you know, drink some Jamaican beer, smoke some ganja. And some well, rum. Yeah, rum, yeah. Don't smoke some ganja. Yeah. You get arrested. Obviously, disclaimers. Yeah. Throwing the, the disclaimer in. Yeah. Let me slip a little one on the end there. Isn't rainy season the um, time for fireflies, Hot Daddy? You are correct, yes. And there's a, there's a few there's a few events uh, around that. Like generally towards uh, the outskirts of Tokyo, they have um, there's like some of the botanical gardens and things have have festivals. So if you check on the site, you'll see um, you'll see listings for those as well. That's something I plan on doing this year because I've never as as of yet I have not actually seen fireflies with my own eyes. Yeah, the, the thing about fireflies is they, they require very uh, clean water. So they don't, they don't survive well in, in polluted water. So central Tokyo tends to be a bit um, polluted, I guess, for them. So if you, you know, generally if you head out to west Tokyo, there's, there's events and maybe you don't have to go to an event. Maybe just, you know, find out where they are and, and turn up when there's no people there. It might be a better experience. I would agree. I would agree. Marvellous. So... Um, yep that's the events coming up shall we um, go into a little bit of uh, Tokyo Cheapo news and feedback and whatnot? yes let's who was on NHK recently uh, NHK uh, I was so well, uh, NHK I world NHK yeah NHK world uh, let, let's not to yeah. belittle your achievements it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not the uh, the mothership the big NHK it's um, they have a channel called NHK world uh, and on that program they have a, a so on that channel they have a program called Tokyo Eye. So they decided to do an episode about uh, bargains and cheap stuff in Tokyo. So uh, naturally they, they contacted us and I went along and uh, talked about cheap beer. So I, I kind of talked about a couple of places that we mentioned in that article at the, at the top of the podcast. So, um, But I mean if you want to watch it it's probably a bit late. Because... Yeah. <laughs> It was on yesterday, and it's uh, as as we go to uh, as we record this podcast, it's going to be played again uh, today. But um, I think we'll be doing stuff in the future with um, Tokyo Eye, so um, we'll we'll keep you up to date. Yeah, I was going to say they invited you back or us yes, back. We didn't yes. get um, to my surprise already. Yeah. Anyway, um, well done, Greg. I'm uh, I'm really proud that you've uh, spearheaded our TV debut. Yes, we, we definitely got some new some new uh, readers out of it, so uh, hopefully they stick around. We also um, had a chat with Gaijin Pop recently. Um, there's been some discussions of some collaboration there, which a couple of our Twitter followers seem to be excited by. The uh, combination of um, the Gaijin Pop brand and the Cheapo brand seem to uh, resonate with some people out there. Yeah, what was the tweet? It says uh, it's it's like Batman and Superman going to get ice cream. <laughs> I wonder which one is Batman and which one is. I, Superman. I want to I want to be Batman. I don't want to be Superman. Well, obviously, obviously, yeah. Batman is way cooler. Yeah. Even the kind of original one from the '60s or '70s. With I, I actually I want, I want to be original Batman with the, with the wham with the and spandex. the pow and the yeah. pop. Yeah. Splendid. Any further news worthy of mention? Uh, no. All right. No, let's um, let's dip let's into ro- roll the interview. Indeed. Let's roll into Twenty Five Cafes. Brad Stevenson. I'm here with Brad from Twenty uh, Five Cafes. 
So, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself first before we start about the, the site? Sure. Um, well, I'm Brad. Okay, I'm from uh, Sydney, Australia. Um, came here about 10 years ago after graduating university. Uh, started off teaching English, and as I think a lot of people do when they come here, they start vlogging about their experience in Japan. And then gradually I uh, changed the focus um, to a more cafes and restaurants. Um, tell us about 25cafes.com. Originally it was a site called smokefreejapan.com and that okay. was about our restaurants and cafes everywhere that was smoke-free mm -hmm. because um, well 10 years ago smoking was much more prevalent than it is now. It was mm -hmm. everywhere. About two years ago I realized that I'm not going to be Japan forever most likely. Mm -hmm. So if the site's still called that and I leave Japan, then it's going to be irrelevant and I'll have to basically okay. abandon it when I move somewhere else. So I decided to make it more um, open to um, expansion when I move. So I called 25 cafes, focusing only on cafes. Basically, when I cover at least 25 cafes in a city, then I can move on to another city. Oh, I and do at least 25 okay. cafes in that city too. Right, right. So um, right now I'm over 25 cafes in Tokyo, uh -huh. but it still fits in with the theme because it's at least 25 cafes. Okay, at least and, 25. And there's also um, in Tokyo, a lot of them close um, quite often, which is a bit frustrating. I'm doing a bit of Yokohama now, building 25 cafes in Yokohama. Uh -huh. And then uh, hopefully later this year, I'll be doing uh, Taipei and maybe back to Australia and uh, right. maybe a few more cities around Japan. So, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Um, so apart from just being smoke-free, what I mean, what makes a good cafe? What what would you include in your on your site? Yeah, well, I have a policy that I only really write about cafes that I would I recommend to friends. So um, I have been to a few in Japan, uh, in Tokyo, that are smoke-free, mm -hmm. um, but they're um, just dirty as all get out. Like uh, the air filters, like in the air con, are like covered in an inch of dust. And, uh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, and the, you know, the food is uh, not very good quality, uh -huh. so um, it, it, like, they do have to be no smoking, mm -hmm. but I also um, prefer, like, of course, hygiene, uh -huh. um, good coffee, um, a lot of cafes here just do like the uh, machine coffee, right. even if they call themselves a cafe, it's still yeah. just like button press coffee. And um, yeah, and good food, of course, too. How about, how about um, the uh, smoking outside? Like, a lot of places have a, like, a oh, courtyard or something. I can't um, get too angry at them about that. Um, of course, being a no smoker, I would prefer no smoking everywhere. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, I think it's pretty hard to tell people not to smoke outside, too, even though that would be um, preferable for a lot of people. But um, as long as it's inside 100%, that's fine. I came to Japan 14 years ago and I lived in Fujisawa in Kyoto. Oh, right. And I probably spent my first three months looking for one decent cafe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I basically gave up. So, um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, it's definitely, um, well, you've probably seen it too, um, being near Tokyo. Um, it's definitely grown a lot more in the last uh, decade or so. Um, I think it's more to do with, I guess, the growth in vegan and vegetarian and alternative lifestyle, where the no smoking is more of a, um, uh, I guess a bonus that goes along with that kind of thing. Um, there have been more smoke-free cafes popping up in Tokyo, but I have seen a few more. Um, I know in Okinawa, for example, there have been a few that have opened up down there. Um, where we are right now, uh, Streamers Coffee, they have a branch in Osaka as well. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's quite a few chains that are opening up smoke-free, um, which gives you a lot more, uh, I guess, variety than just Starbucks. Right, which is the default smoke-free cafe in Tokyo for everyone, I think. Do, do you actually count Starbucks as a cafe? No, I do. Have, I I try to have a policy where I don't do the main chains. Okay. Um, 
Well, I guess because, um, actually, I, I go to Starbucks quite a bit because quite often in Tokyo there is no options for smoke free cafes mm -hmm. where you go. And I like Starbucks, but more often than not, um, especially, I guess, outside Japan, mm -hmm. um, the more uh, independent owned cafes, the smaller ones, will have better coffee and better food than the Starbucks. And thankfully, Tokyo recently it's become quite often the case. Yeah. Just the other day, actually, I reviewed a Tully's coffee. And mm -hmm. for those who don't know, Tully's is a chain coffee chain in and Tokyo. You can smoke there, right? Uh, yeah. So some of the a lot of the Tully's cafes uh, have like you know the divisions, which for me uh -huh. is like smoking is smoking. If it's one percent smoking, it's all of it smoking. Okay. But um, I found one uh, on the Sumida River in mm -hmm. near Asakusa, and it was completely no smoking, mm -hmm. and. It was like an amazing view of Tokyo Sky Tree, Sumida River, and all these cherry blossom trees. Mm -hmm. And it had like a, um, a skylight with the cherry blossom trees above it. Mm -hmm. And just all of that put together, it was this amazing like new design cafe too. So I made an exception and actually wrote an article about this Tully's coffee, uh, mm -hmm. coffee uh, place in Masaksa. Right. So I'll make the exception if the design is amazing or if it offers something exceptional. Yeah. But as a general rule, I won't be like covering every Starbucks at every station. Is Tully's, um, is it machine push button coffee or is that, do they actually have, I um... think it's, I'm um, pretty sure it's espresso. Okay. I think it's espresso, yeah, yeah. Actually, Tully's coffee isn't that bad, I actually prefer it over uh, Starbucks, right. if I have the choice. But yeah, as you mentioned, a lot of the Tully's do have uh, smoking sections. What, what about Excelsior, yeah. the, um, the, the Starbucks ripoff? Oh, Excelsior, uh, I think they're pretty much always smoking, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much right. No, I'm, I'm pretty much an anti-smoking Nazi. I, I never, <laughs> if, it, if I see smoking, I'm like, I don't even think about going inside. Right, right. Yeah, nothing to do with the taste, just like, yeah, health concerns, right? Okay. Yeah, right. So, um, no offense to any smokers who are listening. <laughs> so, um, tell me, um, I guess, you know, what, what, uh, what Tokyo Chico is about is, um, value which is a very hard thing to, to measure right it's like getting mm. the, the best value for your money so it's not necessarily uh, you know the cheapest coffee like you know getting 100 yen coffee from McDonald's or something it's like right, right. it's a good experience for, for not you know an excessive amount of money so um but maybe approaching it from the other side how, how would you say if you're coming to Tokyo or you live in Tokyo how could you avoid a really bad coffee experience yeah um, that's a really good question um, actually, a friend of mine told me a few a few years ago, actually, and it is kind of true. Um, you can judge the quality and the freshness of food or drinks in a uh, Tokyo restaurant or cafe by looking at their um, air conditioner. <laughs> like, if it's clean, uh -huh. then odds are they care about um, the atmosphere and the quality of the food and the drinks. But um, if they can't even be bothered to clean the air conditioner filter, it's covered in dust, then. Uh, so, um, do you have to some, sometimes open up the air conditioner? <laughs> yeah, excuse me, I just walk in there and open it up. <laughs> um, no, but um, you can only tell, I guess, by um, the atmosphere in the um, in the building. Um, I think if it's underground, there's no windows, mm -hmm. then you can kind of expect a kind of an old school Japanese coffee house. Um, right. Mostly, they have smoking if it's you know no windows underground mm -hmm. and. Um, very, very ordinary, uh, just, yeah, push-button machines. But right. if you go in there and there's like lots of windows, it's a very modern design, no smoking. And if it's that forward thinking, uh -huh. you can kind of expect, I guess, a good coffee to go along with that. And yeah. of course it would be an exception, but um, most often I find that to be the case. So how about the old school um, coffee shops? Because that, that was my first experience of um, coffee in Japan. You go to these, these kind of places where the old, the old dudes behind the um, the counter and you know the coffee's five or six hundred yen 
and it's kind of like this um, drip coffee, I guess you call it. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, what, what do you think of that? I mean, is, is there any value in that? Or uh, it really it depends how much of a uh, a coffee buff you are. Mm -hmm. For example, and depends, I guess, how authentic the coffee house is too. Right. Like, for example, if you walk, if there's a really good coffee house and you walk in there, and if you're a beginner, you can see they're all just like filter coffee or mm. drip coffee. Um, but if they're a good coffee house, then maybe they've got different beans and they're all roasted at different levels um, or from different sources. So um, even though it's just maybe a black coffee, um, you might taste all the different subtle tastes. But again, there's a lot of, um, I think I would say that a lot of the, uh, the coffee houses in Tokyo, there are, I really think providing a quality, what we would call like, I guess a modern cafe experience. It's a very new concept. Right. Where it used to be just like, um, well, same, I guess, in Australia and New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, up till about 20 years ago, it was kind of the same in Australia. It was just like Nescafe, instant coffee. Yeah, yeah. And that's your cafe experience where the whole espresso and making like mm -hmm. a quality drink is a very new concept. Yeah. Um, something I've noticed, um, I mean, this this place in particular, Streamer Coffee, uh, like I, I, I obviously went to the, the Shibuya branch <laughs> on the way here and got a bit lost. Yeah. Um, the, the clientele in there were mainly non-Japanese and also when I went there another time, um, I did. I took my laptop there and did a bit of work and it was like a Sunday morning and there was only non-Japanese people in there, apart from the staff. Yeah. What, 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 what is it? Do, do Japanese people not appreciate? Um, like good coffee and, and good uh, cafes? Well, a lot of that is to do, I guess, with the area we're in too. Okay, I know sure. I know that part of Shibuya, for example, yeah. it's across the road from a fashion school and there are a lot of university mm -hmm. uh, teachers and students there. Okay. And now I guess we're in Harajuku and mm -hmm. uh, I know a lot of good cafes in, like uh, near Roppongi as Abujuban. So it is again a very international uh, sure, yeah. okay. uh, population. Um, I think cultural too. It's mm -hmm. definitely cultural where um, yeah, meeting for a brunch is, right, a, is right. a very Western thing to do. Though uh -huh. um, so you will find a few Japanese people who do it as well. But I think actually a lot of them would actually choose uh, Starbucks. Right. Or right. Uh, I know, just speaking personally, a lot of my Japanese friends aren't mm. aware of where these cafes are. Right, or if they right. have an alternative, for example. Yeah. They actually associate Tokyo cafes with smoking and quiet, smelly, and. Right, right. Yeah, not very uh, relaxing places to be. Maybe, maybe it's just postulating here, maybe it's the whole kind of uh, brand trust thing in Japan, you know, you, you, mm. you, you're suspicious of something unless you've got some reason to yeah. not be suspicious, maybe? Yeah, and I think that people don't really act as tourists in their own city. True, right. Where you find right. what you like and yeah. within the first few weeks and then you kind of stick with that for the yeah. whole time you're there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, unless you act as a tourist or um, you're deliberately trying to find new yeah, places yeah, yeah. every week yeah, like, exactly. um, like ourselves do. Um, yeah, you want really fun places like this. Yeah, that's interesting actually. I mean, I've, I've um, just doing Tokyo Cheapo, I've been kind of forced to, to do a lot of stuff that I normally wouldn't do because, you know, I've got to mm. cover lots of different things. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, okay, so, um, okay, so from your, I mean, obviously you've co covered quite a few cafes in Tokyo. What would you say, could you give us like a top three best value um, cafes in Tokyo, in your opinion? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting when you talk about value because uh -huh. I found in Tokyo really 
no matter where you go in Tokyo, most of the cafes have very similar pricing when it comes to coffee. Okay. Like if you get like a regular size latte or, mm -hmm. or tall, whatever you want to call it, latte. Yeah. You're going to be paying around 500 yen. Okay. I guess really regardless of mm -hmm. where you go. Ah, uh, I can't imagine. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that would have maybe an extreme price uh -huh. or even a super cheap price. Like right, McDonald's, right, of okay. course, would be like the super like 200 yeah. yen, two dollar coffee or something. Yeah. But um, yeah, majority of cafes in Tokyo would be around the 500, very similar pricing. So you might as well look for something good then, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It really comes down to what you're after. Yeah. Um, if you want food and um, what kind of atmosphere, mm -hmm. or even like where you are on the day. I, um, there is one place I can think of which has an exceptional uh, large serving size. It's called Cafe Americano in okay. Rapongi Hills. Uh -huh. And um, their serving size is insane. Uh, it's actually quite large. You ask for just a regular coffee uh -huh. and it's like a, a soup bowl <laughs> with a handle on it. Okay. It's a bit ridiculous. And actually, uh, uh, what's it called? Zoka. Zoka coffee, coffee in okay. Mejiro. Um, is actually really good coffee, very strong coffee, mm -hmm. and um, very good quality. And yep. actually, they send all their baristas to America mm -hmm. to be trained in how to make coffee. Why, why do they send them to America? Uh, it's, it's an American uh, company, oh, okay. actually. Yeah, right. And but I think they have uh, two uh, branches in to in Tokyo. One in, right in Tokyo, Mejiro. I think one out in Saitama. Okay. But um, really good coffee there, mm -hmm. and uh, no smoking, of course, and huge sizes. It's um pretty insane how big they are. You're, two, you're holding the cup with two hands uh -huh. to drink it. Yeah, I, I must admit, I was, I was actually um, tricked at Stream of Coffee. I mean, they've got like a small size for 450 yen right. and a large size for 500. And I thought, oh, I can't go for the small one because it's so much smaller than the... Right, right, right. I feel like a, an American, but never mind. <laughs> I know, I think cafes is one of those things where you won't have too much of a, uh, a bill shock mm -hmm. when you come here, thankfully. Right, right. Food, on the other hand, is when it gets I was gonna ask yeah, you about tricky. Food, yeah. So, yeah. How, how would you rate um, cafe food in Tokyo? It's hit or miss. Right. Very hit or miss because of how expensive it is to run a business here, with its tax and rent and other expenses, um, and the need to keep prices down for the customer. Mm -hmm. You will find it's very difficult to find a place with really good, good quality food, which is despite the stereotype. And I think this is where I always have conflict with friends if they are. Mm -hmm. um, Depends on which country they come from when okay. they visit Tokyo, mm -hmm. where some would come and they'd be like, oh, the food here is amazing. Yeah. But they're just having like a 7-Eleven uh, sushi right. sushi pack. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, I'm from Sydney and Sydney, we have very fresh seafood and mm. actually very good quality food in Sydney. And I'm like, no, actually, I've had a lot better back home. Right. Um, but a lot of cafes here do fall into the very, very cheap, uh, super cheap dishes. Okay. Um, a surprising amount of cafes will have for like a salad will be just lettuce, a few leaves of lettuce uh -uh. Yeah, yeah. and a squirt of mayonnaise right, right. and a few cherry tomatoes and that's a salad and uh -huh. uh, of course you want something a bit more satisfying than that uh -huh. even if all you're having is a salad. Uh, so it's, uh, I guess that's why you should always research before you go in or you look at the uh, photo menus of course as well. Yeah. How about, I mean, sweets, I think, like mm. Tokyo cafes do okay. I mean, cakes and things tend yeah. to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know there's a good place uh, in Zabu Juban. Mm -hmm. It's called Eat More Greens. Oh, yeah. Um, very good food. Mm -hmm. It's very, uh, I've never been to America, but I've heard it's very San Francisco. Uh -huh. And um, huge serving sizes. You order okay. a salad, there'll be like 20 ingredients in the salad. It'll uh -huh. be like the size of a pizza. 
the plate and very affordable. It would be like okay. um, under a thousand yen mm -hmm. for like a main lunch dish. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, and huge variety. All um, vegetarian too, if that's your thing. Yeah, but I've is, been there that with is my a, thing actually. But... It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've been there with a few friends who are um, uh, hardcore carnivores, mm -hmm. and they didn't even realize it was vegetarian until we left. Right, right. Cool. It was, uh, it was so uh, satisfying. So um, if you want good value for money, big mm -hmm. serving sizes and good service, yep. uh, eat more greens and those other two buns are really so, good. So uh, I guess we can go back to those three, right? So we'll go eat, eat more greens. So we can well, I guess for quality food, yeah. yeah. So for quality yeah. food for a good price, eat more greens is good. Okay. Uh, the oh, best Cafe Americano is as well, right? Cafe Americano okay. for, yep. and uh, I guess uh, Zocca in Medjero. Right, okay, good. If you want yeah, like, great. I guess if yeah. you're going for size. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess like, for the best coffee too. I guess Zocco is very good coffee. Right. Everyone raves about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, in Sangan Jaya, some of the best coffee I've had is Nozy coffee. Noisy coffee? Nozy. Nozy. So N-O-Z-Y okay. uh, coffee. Mm -hmm. And that's really um, some of the best coffee I've had in uh, Japan in general. They actually roast the coffee in-house mm -hmm. for each uh, coffee they make. Wow. So you order your coffee and they, just, they roast the beans, then grind them and... Does it take a really long time? Not really. Only about uh, five minutes or so. Okay. And you can see it, the big roaster they have in there. It's like mm -hmm. behind a glass wall, so you have to see it happening. That's pretty cool. There's it's no like, food. Yeah. It is only coffee. Yeah. But it is very good coffee. Yeah. yeah. That sounds interesting because it's more, it's, it's almost an experience as well as a, just a coffee, right? You can see them yeah. roast your, your beans and... No, it's a very, yeah. very... Um, if you love coffee, I definitely recommend checking out Nosy Coffee. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell um, tell the listeners, so um, where can they find out more and um, tell us what you're doing in the book and right. all that kind of stuff? Uh, well, of course, go to www.25cafes.com. That's two, number two, number five, cafes.com. You can follow me on Twitter at 25cafes and also like the Facebook page as well. Yeah, make sure to uh, keep checking back to the website because I'm actually starting this week. I've... Um, re-energized uh i guess the content where i'm aiming to do two to three uh, cafes per week wow um is... yeah, yeah actually my work schedule my work schedule with my um full-time job is uh lightened a lot so i'm actually dedicating myself to a lot of my online projects a bit more um yeah and actually the uh, ebook itself which is out now on uh, almost every amazon uh kindle store available um for a very very cheap price um check it out if you can and uh that will be updated with all these new cafes as well. And I'll also be updating it in the next month or so with um, Japanese phrases. So phrases to use when you're in a cafe that doesn't speak any English. Like hot, uh, hot and ice? Yeah, hot, what's hot, hot in English? I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> but like how to ask if there's uh, meat in the food oh, or okay, if, it's, right. uh, if the place is no smoking, sure. which is really no smoking. Yep. Uh, so a few useful Japanese phrases like that as well. So, um, okay, cool. Yeah, check it out and say okay. say hello on Twitter because I'm very very social. Okay, cool. Thanks a lot, Brad. My pleasure. So that was uh, Brad Stevenson telling us about where to get smoke-free coffee. Yes, we actually checked out one of them, didn't we? In, uh, uh, we, we, we did, we went to the EA Grand Cafe in Rapongi. actually in Rapongi Hills even, so wh what did you think of it? It was nice, yeah, it was, um, yep. they seemed to be happy to let us sort of just take over a large area and do a Skype meeting and it just seemed to fit perfectly. There were quite a few like uh, other foreign gentlemen wearing uh, suits and things, so yep. kind of semi-fitted in, not that we were wearing fancy suits, but... Uh, yeah. 
The, the good thing about that cafe actually is, is downstairs there's actually two Starbucks, two different Starbucks, and they're always completely rammed with people. But you just go up to this place, EA Grand, it's on the fourth floor, I think, and um, it's usually not that full. It's usually plenty, plenty of space. The coffee is about the same price as Starbucks, but it's so much better. And um, yeah, I mean, there's not really any downsides as far as I can tell. It's a, it's a good place to hang out. They do lunch as well. You can get a yep. cheapo lunch there. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So that's that's um, yeah. So read read um, read Brad's book. Go to his website. Splendid. Guess that's about it for this week. Indeed. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, Greg. And thanks for listening to you cheapos out there as well. We shall be back with a less rambling podcast. <laughs> that's just what they like. That's what they want. Yeah. Cut. <laughs> <laughs>